Welcome to Capital Close-Up, broadcast on WKXL, available wherever you get your podcasts. I am joined by veteran financial advisor, Mike Morton. Now, we used to call this segment Real Financial Planning, and there's no reason on earth that we can't continue to do so. However, Mike, you've launched your own podcast, and what are you calling it? Yeah, thanks, Matt. My podcast is called Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs and Tech Professionals. So there's no reason that we also couldn't call this segment Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs and Tech Professionals. <laughs> Regardless, right. we are here to talk today about not just issues of interest to entrepreneurs and tech professionals, but to all of us because the Congress just passed and President Biden just signed into law the American Rescue Plan of 2021. Now, you and I talked several months ago about the last round of stimulus that the Congress handed out to the American people. And you did a, a really helpful rundown of the financial impact that that could have for ordinary Americans like you and me. But now we've got an even bigger bill with an even bigger impact. So you thought, and I think this is a good idea, we should run down what this bill might mean for our listeners. So Mike, what's the what's the top line on the bill? Yeah, now th we thought this would be a great topic, obviously very timely. And it was, uh, yeah, just a month or two ago, we were talking about these same ideas. So this, yeah, and we will revisit a lot of them because this package has a lot of the same uh, impact to ordinary investors as the last stimulus. So we'll get into all the ways that it might impact the listeners out there. Uh, but it, it will be very similar to some of the things that we discussed just a month or two ago. So at the high level, this is uh, you know the American Rescue Plan of 2021. First uh, major legislation coming through the Biden administration. Uh, got all the way passed through, signed into law. So it's a $1.9 trillion package that has a lot of parts included in that. Uh, there is $350 billion for state and local governments. Some of that's for unemployment uh, support. There's $90 billion for transportation, $170 billion for schools, and that's to help with a lot of the changes that have happened over the last 12 months for COVID-related changes within schools, and $85 billion for coronavirus testing, tracing, and vaccination. So, a variety of moving parts. <laughs> it boggles the mind when you're talking, oh, yeah, a few billions for this, a few billions for that. Oh, yeah, $1.9 trillion. But here we are uh, spending money to help the U.S. citizens and the economy get back on track. So the item that gets the most attention, and I think the number one question that people in my realm, the sort of the, the, the politics government realm get, and I'm sure people in your realm, the financial planning realm get is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the checks? Tell me about the checks. So what's up with the checks, Mike? Yep. Yep. We love to get uh, some money coming from the government back to us rather than <laughs> paying taxes. Usually it's a one-way street. So this is nice and it's pretty much as similar to last time. So the checks that are being sent out and direct deposited as we speak and as you're listening to this, it's $1,400 per eligible individual. So that's the, you'll recognize that amount. It's the same amount as last time, $1,400 per eligible individual. That uh, does get phased out for certain income, same as last time. If you're above uh, income limits, $75,000 for an individual. This is earned income, $75,000 for an individual. 
or 150000 as a family, then you'll get phased out of receiving those checks, and pretty steeply this time. So there's a couple of nuances to this, this package, the 1400 First, they're expanded a little bit who's eligible. So 1400 per el- eligible. These are all dependents that might show up on your tax return. So high school students and even college students can now show up as eligible individuals, whereas usually those college students wouldn't have shown up last time. So you might get an extra 1400 if you've got college students. Again, if you're under those income limits. Now, the income limits phase out more quickly than last time. And so if you're above that 75000 as an individual, 150000 as a family, even just a little bit above that, you might be phased out more quickly than last time. So forgive me for a dumb question, but a lot of us are beginning to look ahead to filing our taxes for 2020. Now, this new thing, this new thing coming from Washington, all these checks, that's not going to affect my 2020 taxes, right? I don't I don't have to do anything different because of my 2020 taxes because now the government is sending out a bunch of money in 2021. That's right. Yeah, it, it's tricky timing, right? Because everybody is filing. Some people have already filed. Some people are still filing for 2020. So it's tricky timing. So there are uh, checkpoints, what they're calling checkpoints in terms of receiving your checks. So if you're under those income limits for 2019 and 2020, uh, or if you file, you haven't filed 2020 yet, so they'll look at your 2019 returns. And if you got the checks last time because you were under those income limits, same thing. You will get you will get the same thing this time. Got it. However, if you're right around those income limits, then there are certain checkpoints. Say in 2019 you were above the income limit, but because you lost a job in 2020, now you're below the income limit. There are certain checkpoints that come throughout the year in terms of getting the stimulus. So I'm not going to go into all the details of those checkpoints, but they are there's kind of three of them throughout the year that depending on your 2019 and 2020 income that you will receive checks, but it might be spread out throughout the year. So I want to talk about the, I'd say, number two item that comes up from a policy standpoint and from a personal financial planning standpoint, which is the child credit. Now, this is once upon a time, Joe Biden, when he was vice president, referred to, this was back when they passed the Obamacare law, he was caught on a hot mic referring to it as a, I'll just say politely for the radio, a BFD. You can figure out what that stands for. This child credit is a BFD. I've seen reports that it is expected to cut child poverty in half in America, lifting 13 million children out of poverty. So BFD, great news for America, great news for kids. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means for for families who are listening in, this this new child credit? Yeah, so there's there's two pieces here, and we're going to first touch on the child tax credit, but there's also a dependent care, child care, dependent care credit as well to help out families that are paying for child support. Uh, you know, for, so that you can go to your job. So we're going to get to that next. But those two combined are going to make a massive difference uh, for families because a lot of this, the impact of COVID and just in general, uh, when you've got a family trying to support one, two, three, four kids and going off to work, uh, it's a lot. And so this child tax credit will be a very significant deal. So it used to be you get $2,000 
per child and their income limits again, as with most of these things when it comes to taxes. So if you were above 200000 of income as an individual or 400000 as a family, so pretty high limits, uh, you would get $2,000 per child off your taxes. And that was recently raised, actually, from $1,000. So we've already been headed in the right direction. Now that's going to $3,000 per child. So 50% more from $2,000 per child to $3,000 per child. And if your child's under six, it could be $3,600 for children under six. So this is a really big deal. Now, the 3000 again, their income limits, it's those previous income limits I was mentioning, 75000 of income for individuals or 150000 for families. So if you're getting the stimulus checks and you're in under those income limits, you're getting the full stimulus check, you will also be eligible for $3,000 per child off of your taxes as a tax credit. So what does it mean? that this is a refundable credit. What's what's the significance of that? Right. So refundable credits are even if you don't owe taxes, you can get taxes back. So this is for very low income where you don't actually owe any taxes. A refundable credit means that you could you can get that money back. And it used to be $1400 uh, that you could get back out of this 2000 per child. Now it's actually fully refundable. So even if you don't owe taxes, you can get taxes back. Now, let me take a step back and give you an example. I mentioned a lot of numbers in, in how this works. Sure, so let me sure. give you an, an example uh, of this child tax credit. So say you're a married couple and you've got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. You're eligible for a tax credit of 3000 for the eight-year-old and 3600 for the four-year-old. So a total of $6,600 assuming your income is less than 150000 as a family. All right? So you would get back $6,600 off the taxes you owe. So you might owe 30000 right? Because you made 140000 of income. And so you would get back $6,600. And that's why it's such a big deal. You know, it's a, it's a dollar for dollar credit coming off of the taxes that you owe. And in, in terms of that refundable part, if the taxes that I owe are less than that, $6,600 in your example, that's where we've gone from one-way street to a two-way street. <laughs> I, I actually get a, a check or a direct deposit. That's right. For very you know people that are in very low income tax brackets where you didn't really earn much, that much and you don't owe anything, you could owe zero in taxes. This money actually comes back to you. Most things in the government, when you get deductions off your taxes, you don't go below zero. <laughs> They're not going to pay you just because you did a, you know you don't owe anything. But some of these are refundable credits, and that's what you want to look for uh, if your taxes are that low. Now you mentioned that there are two parts to uh, the child piece of this. So so what's part two? The child care credit. So this is the dependent and child care credit, and this is for expenses as a family when you're going off to work or looking for work. And you're paying for childcare. Now, this could be daycare for very young kids. It could be after school, before school, or after school programs. It could be summer camps. Anything that you, or, you know, nannies or babysitters, anything where you are expending money so that you can go to work and someone is looking after your child, those are dependent childcare costs. Okay. Now, the government is allow- allowing for some of those costs to be 
to come off of your taxes. And this was true previously. So let me go through what it used to be, and then I'll show you how much it has changed. This is a pretty complicated topic, so bear with me. I'll try to simplify it and, and leave out some of the numbers, um, but it gets a little complicated because of the way that it works. So previously, you would get up to $3,000 per child of expenses, up to two kids. So if you spent uh, $3,000 for childcare for one child, you could deduct up to $3,000 of expenses or put in $3,000 of expenses. Now, those expenses get multiplied by a percentage. So not all $3,000 comes off of your taxes. A maximum percent would be 35%. So you would take the $3,000 of expenses, multiply by 35%, and that is the amount that you could deduct from your taxes. All right. All right. That makes that, that makes some sense. I think I'm with you. Right. And this was, these are maximums. They do get both of those get phased down. All right. But let's just talk about the maximums for lower income tax brackets. Okay. So three thousand dollars per child up to up to two kids only. So if you have three kids, it's still capped at six thousand dollars per child times a maximum of thirty five percent. The thirty five percent max is for income under fifteen thousand. So very low income. Otherwise, you can. It's even less than that. So we'll just deal with the maximums for now. All right, Matt, you follow me? You're making uh, I, less than fifteen thousand. I, I think so. I, I feel an example coming. I think we're going to need an example <laughs> on this. But but go on, go on. I'm, I'm I'm hanging in there. All right, let's take the let's take the example. So <clears throat> if you're say, I'm going to back up thirty five thousand maximum times uh, three thousand per kid. Those two numbers have changed. I this see. year, all right, they have both gone up. So for lower income, now it is from three thousand to eight thousand per child. Wow! So more than doubled eligible expenses. So if you had expenses of you know uh, before and after school programs because you were off to work for one of your child and it's costing ten thousand dollars a year, previously you could deduct three thousand times a multiplier. Now it's eight thousand times a multiplier. So that's gone way up. The other thing that's gone up is the multiplier. I told you the max was 35%. Now it's 50%. So if you're in those low income tax brackets, it was 3,000 times 35%. Now it's 8,000 times 50%, $4,000 off your taxes. So that is, that's a really big change. That is, that is a big change. And I can see already how this is going to create an incentive for people who, you know, might have been on the margin. And there's, it's not a joke. It's not funny. But seriously, one reaches a point where when you have a second child or a third child, the cost of childcare is so high that as a family, from a financial standpoint, you're sort of indifferent between the second spouse working or providing care. And so this creates, from what I can see, a big incentive go ahead, go to work. The cost of going off to work and paying for those dependent care expenses has gotten a lot lower. That's exactly right. And this is why it's such, again, such a big deal. You know, the maximums, those are, these are the maximums for lower income. They've gone from 35% times 3,000 or 6,000 for two, two or more child, 35% times 6,000 to 50% times 16,000 
Wow. Or yeah. $8,000 off your taxes for paying for those childcare expenses. Now, well, that's really, that's really helpful to know. Cause I, I think just from a high level, if you're thinking about this, let's say you lost your job and I want to touch on that in a second, but let's say you lost your job and you're, you want to get back into the labor force. It seems like what this bill is saying is just hot. The headline here is you're going, that's going to be a lot less expensive for you from the childcare front. So go ahead, take the plunge. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yep, that's exactly right. And the income phase-outs are way higher too. So we said that that's for the lowest income. It used to be it'd be phased down to 20% of expenses at over 43000 So if you're uh, making over 43000 of income, your maximum would be 20% times whatever the expenses were, again, up to 6000 Now that's up to making 125000 so that has gone way up, you know, where these cliffs and the, and the drop-offs happen have gone way up as well. So not only has, you know, the potential gone from 6,000, you know, if you've got two, three, four kids, max of 6,000 of expenses to 16,000 of expenses, but also based on those income limits, your percentage multiplier is going to go way up as well. Wow. All right. Got kids Look, thinking of, of getting back into the labor force, polish up your resume. And speaking of which... <laughs> Um, an awful lot of folks did lose their job in 2020, and some are still depending on unemployment benefits. And this is always a, a kind of a confusing topic when it comes to your personal finances, you're getting unemployment, there are tax consequences to all of it. What is the deal in here on unemployment and what does it mean from a personal financial planning standpoint? Yeah. So the unemployment was pretty much the same as last year. So they didn't change too many things on this front. So as we recommended last time for unemployment, you know, sign up early. If you're having to lose a job, you know, get into the system and then, you know, start collecting what you can, you know, from the unemployment office. And the standard has stayed the same, but they have uh, extended the bonus benefits. So remember last time it was uh, $300 a week above the standard benefits and that was set to expire you know it had been extended a couple of times and now it's extended again through september of this year so an extra 300 dollars a week of unemployment benefits if you're eligible up through september of this year so that's great there's also i mentioned earlier federal dollars flowing to the states and that's to help uh, fund these programs for unemployment so there's that's where the funding is coming from also, continue the expanded eligibility. So even self-employed can now have unemployment benefits. And it used to be that that was not the case. So the eligibility of who can claim unemployment has also expanded. And as a minor point, some of this could be tax-free. There's parts of the program here that up to $10,000 of unemployment benefits could be received tax-free back in 2020. So to your point of changing your filing for taxes, that could be a potential change that you want to be aware of. That was always something that I found. It just it makes sense. It just feels funky to me that on the one hand, you're out of a job. And so you're relying on unemployment benefits, which are coming from the government, although it's coming from the state government with support from the federal government. But then the cycle turns and you hand the dollars back to the federal government. It it felt a little weird, but that, so that that ten thousand two hundred dollars of unemployment benefits may be tax free 
depending on your income. That that is a that is a helpful headline in this. Well, before we run out of time, let me just ask. I mean, this was a huge bill. Were there any other things that caught your eye that that stood out and that listeners should be aware of from a personal financial planning standpoint? Those are the big ones, obviously. The checks coming in, like you said, top of everybody's mind, and then the big child credit, you know, both the tax credit and the dependent care credit. Um, there's a couple other just minor points that might be, you know, might affect some listeners. Student loan debt forgiveness uh, has, they didn't do anything to forgive student loans. However, they did put in provisions that the forgiveness will be tax free. So it's kind of an interesting, like, well, why is it, you know, they didn't do anything to forgive student loans, but if they do, it's going to be tax free. So there might be something coming down the road there. Uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like imaginary gardens with real toads in them. Okay, all right. right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that, I guess. Yeah. Boy. And then um, RMDs, required minimum distributions, is uh, top, of, top of mind for anybody that's in that over 72 that has to take RMDs. And yep, they still have to be taken this year. So last year was kind of an interesting year where you didn't have to take them, but that is, you know, did not uh, extend to this year. So be aware, RMDs, you definitely have to take them out this year. And those are from retirement accounts? Yes, that's correct. If you have tax-deferred retirement accounts and you're over 72, you have to take the money. The government eventually wants their taxes. And so they say, yeah, it's time to start taking that money out and paying us some of the taxes. Yeah, you're retired now. Go for it. Exactly. Got it. And then the other big thing that was being debated was minimum wage. And nothing was included here on the minimum wage front. But we know that's something that's a pretty hot topic uh, down in D.C., all of these things, well, not all, I shouldn't say all, there's there's a lot going on, but many of these big items, they are time limited. They don't, they don't go on forever. So it sounds like people need to keep an eye out for more changes may be coming. Some of these things expire, you know, keep your eyes peeled in 2022. That's right. Most of these do expire. It's again, a one-time kind of stimulus package uh, for supporting the economy and individuals during the pandemic. But I do think some of these will extend to future years, especially with the Biden administration, the t- especially the child things. So the child tax credit, the dependent care credit, these are big pieces that uh, the administration wanted to get through. And now that we've you know taken this step, maybe they'll make them permanent. Mike Morton, great rundown. Thanks very much. I hope people are subscribing to Capital Close Up and check out Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs.